There's a time and a place for black and white, like when you're learning to play piano, or when you want a big two-toned cookie, or when shopping for a pet zebra. But if you want to attract customers, there's no room for black and white, so go to Staples. Staples specializes in bold, hard-to-miss color printing. And now at Staples, get 20% back in rewards on color printing, from banners to brochures and copies to presentations. Print more color, save more money at Staples. In-store only. Ends 11 10, 18. Restrictions apply. See store associate or staples.com slash 20 back for details. Blog Talk Radio. Oh, mama, I'm in fear for my life from the long arm of the Lord. Got miles to go before we sleep. Lawman is putting into my running and I'm so far from my We will not go gently. We're going to unleash hell here in December. Oh, mama, I can hear you crying. You're so scared and all alone. Hey, somebody fix this guy's buckle. I love you to play with coming down from the gallows and I don't have very long. But I think otherwise, Steelers were firing on all cylinders. 
Well, we are not going to elaborate on Ross Cockrell right now because we are going to be elaborating on that in the future. So I'm going to give you the leak course and say, not so fast, my friend, because we're going to debate whether he really struggled or not. But with that being said, the show is brought to you by Frank Walker Law and uh, also behind the silk curtain. So let's go get into the six-pack of Fact for Fiction. Zach, why don't you kick it off with number one? Yes, absolutely. And number one, Brian, this one focuses in on uh, a little bit of something that we talked about last week with Mr. Sammy Coates, Mr. or Dr. Sammy Coates. The true number 14 is a liability to the offense. Fact or fiction, Brian? Okay, that is a takeoff on Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde because it almost seems like he has a split personality. And what I'm going to say is I'm going to say that it's a, he is not a liability, that he's actually legitimate in Pittsburgh. Now, the stat line, he had 11 targets thrown his way, the same equal amount as of Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown, so that means Ben Roethlisberger trusts him. Now, he had a, a few key drops, but he opened the game on a great note with that bomb streaking down the field and scoring his first touchdown as a professional. So he knows how to catch the ball. I think you do need to uh, maybe like Spider-Man have him bitten by a radioactive glue stick maybe on his hands. Maybe that would help a little bit more. But as he continues to play and as they continue to go back to him, he's going to get better and he's going to get better. He is still basically a rookie. Now, I know that seems crazy. I know he's a second-year player. But for me, the guy hardly played last year until the very end. He had one catch most of the season. That was in week four against Baltimore. And then he was not heard from the entire season until the playoffs. So I know he had a lot of time in practice, but in actual NFL professional gangdom, this is his rookie year, and he is he's playing like a rookie with flashes of brilliance, and that brilliance is going to be shining brighter and brighter. This guy's going to be a star, but you are going to get the drops from him, as you did with Martavis Bryant. You got some drops from him. You're going to see them relying on him so much more. In fact, he is legitimate, Zach. Yeah, to be honest right now, I, I don't think he's a liability to the offense, so I go fiction on this one uh, for right now. Uh, my biggest thing with Sammy Coates is, and we talked about him being the potential one-trick pony last week, uh, as I mentioned and alluded to earlier. But I think this guy has that serious, uh, you know, deep threat coverage combined with that efficient route running. And the efficient route running in the end, once his hands get on point, I agree, we might need a radioactive uh, glue stick to bite him. But I'll tell you this. Once his grabs are on point, there's nothing that this guy can't do. He becomes a total package receiver. That's why I really like him. I think he is no liability to this offense. And, you know, to, to add to that, he is a class act in the locker room. He was a class act at Auburn. There's a fantastic article that appeared in Sports Illustrated before the draft last year about Sammy Coates. He is the kind of guy you want in there. They could build around this guy as a character guy. And Mike Tomlin said it best at halftime of that game. He said, this is not the first, it is not the last pass he's going to drop at the NFL. That's the nature of the game. 
But the fact that they kept going back to him and Ben Roethlisberger coached him, that's why Ben Roethlisberger is an MVP candidate this year, and that's why Sammy Coates is going to be joining the Killer Bees with a BC. Zach. Yeah, taking a look there at Sammy Coates, let's hope the best for him down the line. Could you imagine a pair with him and A.B. would be absolutely deadly. Number two, though, let's move on to our second question. That's going to transition us to the other side of the football, the defensive side. Jarvis Jones, he's emerging, and he is doing enough to remain in Pittsburgh after this season. Fact or fiction, Brian? You know, I really think he is doing enough. Um, he's not doing what the fans want him to do, but I think he's doing what the Pittsburgh Steelers want him to do. You know, he had two pressures on the quarterback the other day. He had a great hit on third down on the running back to stop a Jets drive. It was just a a jarring, bone-crushing hit. This guy is starting to be all over the place for the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. Now, he's not going to be like his Twitter handle says, Sackman Jones. He's not a sack man anymore, but he is the guy that is going to be a a high motor for that defense. He's not going to be number one on that defense, but he's going to be a very important, integral part. I don't know how much he's going to command, if he's going to command a lot, but I have a feeling that this whole thing of not extending him, not tendering him the contract um, for his fifth year already was to get inside his head and uh, make him earn it. And I think he's doing enough to earn it. Although we as fans don't think he's as great as uh, the organization does, but I for one do. And I'm probably the only person that was wearing a Jarvis Jones jersey watching the game the other day. Um, I was made made fun of on the live chat by uh, Jeff Hartman, um, who are actually owning a Jarvis Jones jersey. But I think he's He's a good part of that defense and a very good part of a possible championship defense. So I think he's doing enough to stay, and I hope he does. Brian, I'll tell you this. First off, can't believe you own a Jarvis Jones jersey. That, that blows my mind. <laughs> there are a lot of jerseys to own on this team, and yet you choose the outside linebacker who a few weeks ago we were debating whether or not he was still going to be around. Uh, <laughs> on that note, though, I like what Jarvis is doing, but I'll tell you why I don't believe that he's going to be sticking around. And I'll tell you it is because of guys like Vince Williams and Tyler Matakiewicz who are stepping up on the defensive end. They're young. They're proving themselves right now. And even though Jones is young himself, he's only in his fifth year, these guys, they show a little bit more of a spark plug. He did have a phenomenal game there against the Jets, but I really doubt his staying power now. And it's funny because a few weeks ago I was saying, yes, he's going to be an influential part on this team. Now I don't really know that because we're seeing the advent of a lot of different guys, and this is with Shazier on the bench. So I think as we look further and further down, uh, we are going to see Jarvis Jones maybe fade out of this, unfortunately. I hope you are wrong, and I hope I'm correct, because I like the kid. <laughs> at, at least for that jersey's sake, I'll tell you that, Brian. <laughs> uh, I have more comments. Let's move to question number three here, Brian. Points per game is the only defensive team stat that matters, fact or fiction. You know what? For me, that is a definite fact, and I'll tell you why. You know – 
Four and one is the most important team stat overall, and that's wins and losses. And right now the Pittsburgh Steelers are second in the league in that category, four and one. So that's the most important thing right now for the Pittsburgh Steelers. When you're talking about the defensive side of the ball, they're the 25th-ranked defense in the league. They are the 30th, which means the third-worst passing defense in the league. But this is a bend-and-not-break defense. So what happens is you can throw all over the field on the Pittsburgh Steelers, but when you get to the 20-yard line, you get to that red zone, they clamp down on you. And that's exactly what's happening in Pittsburgh right now. They are clamping down. So that they rank, I believe it's eighth right now in points per game. I did not get to my stats on that. But uh, it's right around 18 points per game. So if you go ahead and you score more than 18 points a game, you're going to win every single time if that's what the defense is giving up. Now think about this. With a high-powered offense right now that is averaging over 27 points a game, there's no reason why they shouldn't win every single game that they keep a, a opposing offense under 18 points. There's no reason whatsoever. So that is a very important stat. You know, they could give up over 300 yards passing a game, which they're giving up 302. That's fine, but they're not letting these teams in the end zone, and that's all that counts for me. So, fact, PPG is the most important defensive stat out there right now. You know, Brian, I'm going to agree with you here. I'm going to say fact as well, and I'll back you, uh, back you up here with numbers. You are correct on the points against just over 18. They are ninth in the league right now. Uh, when you take a look at that statistic, that should be telling you something. If you're in the top ten part of this league with a, a, a defense, and then you also pair it with a top five offense. They have a top five offense in point four right now with 27.8. You shouldn't be losing anything. There are only a few teams who are better than you in each of those categories, and there are very few teams you can boast to have both in the top ten, their defensive and offensive rating. That's what makes the Steelers so special, a lethal offense paired with this hard-hitting defense that we've already known. And they're backing it up with that big stat, PPG, and they're doing a great job of it, fact on my end. Well, fantastic, Zach. i glad you agree with me on that. I think that's something we lose sight of when we're talking about how bad the defense is because I mentioned this on the show yesterday on the Monday Hangover with Jeff, Jeff Arkman. The three most defining words of this team in 2016 right now are bend, don't break. And that is the bottom line, and that's what's happening in Pittsburgh. Well, that we have reached the half point of fact or fiction, so we are going to go to this word from our sponsor. We're going to hear from Frank Walker. Smart or stupid? Smart or stupid? Those strobing lights in your rear view, that flashlight shining in your face? License, registration, and insurance, please. The little adventure you're about to have with this guy? Uh, I'll need you to step out of the vehicle, please. Okay, so you've done something stupid. Fix it with a smart move. For DUI or criminal defense, call Frank Walker of FrankWalkerLaw.com. He knows his way around a courtroom. 412-532-6805. 412-532-6805 or FrankWalkerLaw.com. Frank, Frank Walker, Walker, one of the top trial attorneys. Oh, I'm sorry, oh, Zach. We're both jumping. 
we're both jumping in there. We love to talk about Frank Walker here, Brian. You know, good. You take it, my friend. <laughs> Frank Walker Law, one of the top trial attorneys to call in Western PA and West Virginia. Once again, for his office, call 412-212-3878 or to reach his West Virginia office, call 304-712-2089. Frank Walker Law, real talk, real experience, real results. Let's move on to question number four here, Brian. And this is something that uh, we were talking about a little bit earlier before the show it was merely a surprise to see Antonio Brown hand the ball off to a fan after the touchdown on Sunday. Fact or fiction? You know, I was surprised because I was pleasantly surprised. So I am going to say fact on this because we, we talked extensively last week, Zach, and uh, about this entire situation because – You know, when it comes to Antonio Brown, his brand is a big deal to him, and I was afraid that this was getting in the way. His brand was getting in the way of the team, and which can happen when you have a player that this is this dynamic that has a lot of things going on besides just football. So with that being said, I was afraid, and we we argued about this last week. It was a great debate that it was definitely getting in the way. But you know what? He has listened to everybody out there. He has listened to his coaches, and he's saying that my brand is not as big as the team by handing off the ball to that woman in the stands with the ridiculously oversized Antonio Brown cardboard cutout head, which I thought was absolutely hilarious. The fact that he pulled a Heinz Ward, he gave the ball to somebody wearing his jersey, that's what I want to see as a touchdown celebration. Look, his brand is safe. And when he's doing stuff like that, his brand is even safer. That's becoming more of a team player by doing that. I thought he was going to be a little defiant about this whole thing, Zach, but he wasn't. So I'm proud that he did it. This means that he is even more of a team leader in my eyes, and it shows a whole heck of a lot. I was surprised just because a lot of people agreed that that it was ridiculous, and we're going to take a caller in a moment um, asking a question about that because I've already pre-screened the caller right right during the break. But you know, it's it's absolutely ridiculous, yes. But you're not going to fight City Hall on this, so if you're not going to fight City Hall, you might as well go along with what you're supposed to be doing and put the team absolutely first. And that is exactly what Antonio Brown did in this situation. Yeah, you know, it's funny. You're talking about this caller. We had the chance to talk a little bit about him during the break as well. Uh, So let's bring him on right now. He's got an Antonio Brown question here for us, sort of related to this. Area code 814, hello. Welcome. Hello, how you doing? Doing very well. Thank you very much. Uh, My question is, uh, how come the NFL is uh, basically uh, picking – on uh, Antonio Brown for his uh, celebrations, but there are players in the rest of the league that do even more than he did. Uh, his first uh, uh, fine that he got, he had an extensive uh, celebration, and uh, it, it was uh, kind of ridiculous. The next week that he got fined, he had toned it down quite a bit. There was only three uh uh, twerks and 
he got fined for that also. Why are they picking on one particular player in the NFL as they have done uh, with Harrison in the past with the hits? Uh, can you explain that? Before, before we answer well, that, know, sir, I, what is your name and where are you calling from? My name is Bill Davis. I'm from Johnstown, Pennsylvania. Aha, uh-huh, great place, Bill, great place. I, I know it very well. Zach, do you want to take this? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, I think first and foremost you have to consider the star power that A.B. has. Um, it is extremely difficult to neglect that he is one of the guys who has the biggest sort of, you know, ego and, and also the style of play that he has. He's the most dominant wide receiver in football right now, so naturally he is going to attract a lot of attention, similarly to the way that Rob Gronkowski would for the Patriots. Uh, that being said, I do think that he has been one of the excessive celebrities uh, out of all of them. And, yes, there are guys doing more and maybe getting less, but he is in that bigger spotlight, as we were talking about before, and that's what I think is the primary reason there, Bill. Uh, well, that makes sense, but uh, it seems that the uh, league just kind of picks on the Pittsburgh Steelers, and uh, that, that's not because I'm biased, even though I am, but uh, you, you see this type of thing. Perfect uh, doesn't get picked on, and he's one of the most egregious uh, players in the league. Uh, Harrison kept trying to uh, tone his play down, and they still kept after him until he was almost ineffective for a while until he changed his style of uh, play. You know what? I will. I actually agree with you on that, sir. And the reason I do, I don't know why it's that way. It just seems like they're going after Pittsburgh more and more, and I don't really have a good answer for that. But it seems like it's happening more and more, watching so many games. And you mentioned Vontaze Perfect. You know, when you go back to that playoff game last year, they, he picked off a ball, and he and three or four of his teammates, and uh, I use that lightly because they're, they were acting like thugs in that game, they ran all the way into the tunnel and left the field of play. So for that reason, and that was not flagged, and that was a very big playoff game, and they just got away with it. But in that very same game, William Gay picked off a pass It was uh, and took it to the end zone. It was flagged, but he still got a penalty for the excessive celebration. And in that very same game, so I don't, I don't understand why this is happening, but it is. And the fact that they are, they are fining him right now for twerking, for what they're calling sexually suggestive dancing, is the is beyond me, and the reason being is they're actually showcasing this on on ads for the NFL Network. So I think they it's not exactly adding up correct adding up correctly. And I, thank you for that call. That was a good question. Actually, I had a but he is a high profile player, and I think like that they are just trying to something they need to clear up. That. Well, thank you very much, caller. We really appreciate you joining us here today on Fact or Fiction. Now we're going to move ahead to number four right now 
as we further go down the list. And, and you know, Brian, this is a question that I talked about a little bit earlier in today's program. Ross Cockrell wasn't that bad on Sunday. Brandon Marshall was just that good. Fact or fiction? Brian, we there? Well, it seems like we have dropped Brian Davis, unfortunately, here for just a second. So I will talk about it here for a moment as we try to grab him back very quickly. Um, I want to talk a little bit about Ross Cockrell because I think that he is truly uh, a good addition here to the Steelers secondary. He's been uh, the kind of guy who, you know, we are bringing into this program and, and haven't really seen a whole lot from. And now he's stepping right in there with Artie Burns and William Gay and everyone else, and he is trying to make his mark. At the same time, Brandon Marshall, an elite NFL wide receiver. We have known this for many years since his old days in Chicago. I think it is something worth considering when we say that Marshall might have been just that good. But Cockrell, he was just making some rookie mistakes Falling a step or two behind, I really didn't like seeing it from him. And this is a guy who we are expecting to come in and play that starting corner spot. It seems like we have Brian here with us again. Uh, Brian, your thoughts here on Ross Cockrell versus Brandon Marshall? And I do apologize for that. I'm a victim of the New Jersey turnpike here as, I, as I'm driving. Um, you know, I was completely agreeing with you on this. Uh, this is something you texted me during the game on how he was being victimized, and I was all set to completely agree until I talked. Uh, we did the show last night, and I talked to Jeff Hartman, and he brought up a stat. Guess who was targeted 15 times during that game? I'm going to say two days. Brandon Marshall and Ross Cockrell were both targeted during that game. He had eight catches in that contest. So that means almost 50% of those passes down were defended by Ross Cockrell. So when you have one of the most dynamic players in the league who pretty much had his way with one of the best defenders in the league the week before in Richard Sherman, I'm thinking that cornerback position is okay. It goes back to what we were talking about earlier, Zach. Ben, don't break. Look. Ross Cockrell is, he might be bending, he's not breaking, he's making a lot more defensive plays than almost anybody in that defensive backfield. Um, I'm telling you what, I, I was fine with his play the other day. I, I, I think it was the fact that Brandon Marshall is good, but I just think the, uh, the large amount of balls that went that way that he caught, even though it was only 50%, that sort of made it look a little more like he was getting picked on and not able to handle it. But when you stop a guy like Brandon Marshall 50% of the time, you're not doing too bad, Zach. Not doing too bad at all. I, you know, I, I like that stat, but I, I, once again, I want to refer back to some of those mistakes just because, yeah, especially in the touchdown that Marshall scored. I mean, you just had him trying to go up and over a guy who is four inches taller than him first off. And, and second off is just way more seasoned in this league to how, you know, his quarterback is going to throw him the ball. That's the only thing that troubles me. But without further ado, we should move on to number five here. Short show for all of you right now. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about a guy that we mentioned before when talking about Jarvis Jones, and that's Vince Williams. So factor fiction, Brian, Vince Williams 
is the best player on the defense right now. You know what? He's not only the best player on the defense on the field right now. I want to I want to clarify that by saying on the field he's the best player on the defense. Because the best player on the defense right now is Ryan Shazier, and we know that. Um, this is something that uh, we've uh, the the fact was amended a little bit, um, and so we got our wires crossed. And not only the fact is also going to include the fact that he needs to stay on the field when Ryan Shazier comes back. Now, how do you do that? You have a guy like Lawrence Timmons that is not going to be off the field right now, one of the hearts of that defense. So with that being said, when Ryan Shazier comes back, that's going to push Vince Williams, who has 25 tackles in the last two games, that's going to push him on the bench. It shouldn't. He is so dynamic right now. He dropped 15 pounds in the offseason, Zach, and now, with him dropping 15 pounds in the offseason, now he is, he is playing so well, he should be staying on the field. But how do you do that? So that is the rub. So when he was drafted, when Ryan Shazier was drafted back in 2014, he was labeled as an outside linebacker. They said we are going to be playing him in the middle, but if we have to, we'll move him on the outside. So to me, that means Mike Tomlin, Keith Butler need to get into the laboratory and try to find a way to have him on the field. Now, there's always been talk, you need to move this guy to safety. No, do not move him to safety. That's completely different. You could move him from inside to outside linebacker easily. You're going to move him to safety. But keep him at linebacker, but have your best defenders on the field at all times. So it's fact that right now Vince Williams is the best defender that's playing on the field right now, and it's fact that they need to find a way to keep him on the field for the remainder of 2016. Zach? Uh, For me, it's a fact right now. I'd love to see him out there on the field for much longer. Listen, 22 tackles, okay, in his last two games. He's led the team both times in those games against Kansas City and New York. He is finding ways to get to the quarterback. He's had a sack in each game um, and several tackles for a loss. He is just very good at getting through that offensive line right now and finding himself the opportunities that are necessary and that are open to him. Uh, I'd love to see him out here. Are we going to see more from him? We will see in the near future, but I'll tell you this. I like what Vince Williams is doing, and if Shazier needs another game on the sideline, he can take it because Williams is fully capable of covering. And you know what? This is a uh, question we had in the last couple of weeks that um, who do we need to have come back quicker? And the, the person a lot of people thought would be Ryan Shazier, but it's not just for the fact that you have Vince Williams there. I just want to see them both on the field. Now, this is something uh, we're going to do a little differently today. Uh, we want to take a caller right now that is a part of Behind the Steel Curtain. So, Zach, if you could go ahead and bring up the caller on the phone, one and only, Anthony DeFeo. And Anthony is a major contributor of Behind the Steel Curtain for many a year, also one of the stars right now of the, uh, the Pittsburgh Steeler picks when we go ahead and pick the actual score of the Pittsburgh Steelers game, he has been within three points the last four weeks of the winning score, and he's just on fire right now. So, Anthony, are you there? Hey, guys. How you doing? Great to hear from How's you. Great, uh, great for having me on. Thanks for having me on. 
Well, great. Now, you heard, you heard the fact, but you're on hold there. What do you think about this fact? Uh, it's a tough one, um, but I'm going to have to go with uh, fiction on that one. And the reason why I say that is because I love Vince Williams. He's, he's basically my favorite defender, and he is their best defender right now. But all things being equal, if they're both that inside linebacker, and, you know, you don't – like you were talking about moving uh, uh, Shazier to outside, Sater, if they both stay inside, they're both capable of leading the uh, the team in tackles and and being all over the place, like Vince Williams has been and Shazier has been in the past. But the the one difference with Shazier is the uh, the impact play. I mean, we saw the uh, the playoff game last year, the two turnovers. The one at the end was like the immaculate reception of takeaways. If he doesn't strip Jeremy Hill of the football, they don't play another week. You know, I mean, look at the Denver game last year in the fourth quarter, the regular season game, where it was 27 all, and he had that he had the pick. You know, he's just that kind of player, and that's why that's why Tomlin drafted him in the first place to make those kind of plays. And he's really the only one on defense that can do that. And and like I said, I love Vince Williams, and I think he's going to be a starter for many years to come. I think you know everybody probably assumes that Lawrence Timmons is going to be gone next year, and Vince Williams is going to step right in and do a great job. But as long as Shazier is healthy and around, you have to put him. You have to have him in the lineup. And if it's in, if it's in ahead of Vince Williams, that's just how it has to be, because. Like I said, uh, I mean, what they have like six, six takeaways right now. I mean, defense is is I think it's getting better, but it's going to need more impact plays down the stretch. So that's my but, take on that. You know, excellent take, and I thank you for that. Now, is there a way? Do you feel there's a way to have them all on the field at the same time? I'm talking about all three inside linebackers, and having a guy like Shazier playing on the outside. Do you think he could still be effective? playing an outside linebacker, especially with the fact that uh, Bud Dupree, we don't know when he's going to be back. Uh, I mean, it's possible, but if you look at their, their outside linebackers, I mean, they're all like, what, 260 pounds usually, and he's, what, 235, 240. So it might be, you know, he might not be able to do that for them. Although, I mean, his speed is pretty much unparalleled from, the, from like for any linebacker in the league, I guess. He's like a receiver. So, I mean, I guess it's possible. But I mean, I don't see them doing it because I just I don't I don't know I don't think he's big enough to, to go to the outside just yet. But then again, you know, who knows what uh, Keith Butler has up his sleeve as far as you know game plans for uh, Shazier. Zach, what do you think? Well, to be completely honest here with you guys, you know, I I don't know if we can bank on on Timmons being gone next year as an excuse for us to sort of, you know, legitimize Vince Williams stepping into the rest of the lineup. I think what you have to legitimize is his play. His play is speaking louder than anybody else on the defense right now. I mean, we're seeing a guy that, you know, should be double teamed by statistical standards based on the last two games that he's played in a starting position. I just think that that's something very serious to consider uh, as things go along here. But, um, you know, I, I am still of the belief that when Shazier comes back, he will see those reps over Williams, which is unfortunate. Well, I kind of compare it to, if, um, I compare it to like Le'Veon Bell and D'Angelo Williams, right? When, uh, when Williams was rushing for 900 yards last year and, and all those touchdowns and the offense was scoring like 30 points a game for six straight weeks when, uh, after Bell heard, you know, was out with a knee injury, you know, you're thinking, oh, they don't need Le'Veon Bell. And maybe earlier this year when, when Williams had 140 against the Redskins, like 95 against the Bengals, you're like, oh, we don't need it. We don't need, you know, he can go somewhere else and make 15 million, right? 
And then you look what he, you see what he did the last two weeks. Uh, when he, after he came back, what, like 175 total yards against the Chiefs, 150 or some odd yards uh, against the Jets. And then you realize the difference, and there's nobody in the league that can do what he can do. Now, Shazier is not bad at inside linebacker, but he's certainly that in the context of the Steelers' defense right now as far as somebody who can, who can make plays and, and alter the course of a game just by one play. And that's something they really don't have outside of him. You know, that's very yeah, true. You know, this is the topic that, that we could go on forever and ever on. The bottom line is I'd love to see them get all three guys on the field. Anthony, uh, we thank too. you so much. We thank you so much for calling in, and we are going to hear from you uh, in the coming weeks also. Please come back to Behind the Still uh, so Curtains Fact or Fiction. We hope to hear from you soon. Uh, thanks for having me. It's a lot of fun. I love this topic. I love your show. All right. Thanks a lot, buddy. Zach, let's go number six. All right, buddy. All righty, Brian. Let's wrap it up with number six here. And, you know, we've been talking a little bit, uh, a little less Steeler football as the show goes on. But this this one's interesting because you and I, we have a bet about a sandwich right now, a Pramani (laughs) sandwich. So my question, Brian, this is a very important question because Miami – is famous for their Cuban sandwich. I mean, what about the irony of that? Miami is fa- is favored, or is, excuse me, is famous for a sandwich that isn't even a place in their state, the Cuban sandwich. Do you think that the Cuban sandwich, fact or fiction, is better than any sandwich that Pittsburgh has to offer? Have you ever had a Cuban sandwich, Zach? Here's my thing on this. I... I will tell you this right now, Brian. I think it's the most overrated sandwich in history. I don't think it's that good. You know what? I think a Cuban sandwich is quite good. However, for me, when you're talking about Pittsburgh and you're talking about sandwiches, nobody can match a Pramani-type sandwich. And I know they're not advertising with us, but I am going to – I have one right in my backyard now. The first one in Maryland is in Hagerstown, Maryland. And I frequent there a lot because I have been craving that taste. And you cannot beat a sandwich that you go ahead and put a glob of meat, just so much meat, good meat. You throw on fries, you throw on slaw, the best bread ever. It whips the holy heck out of a Cuban sandwich. So I'm telling you what, any day of the week and twice on Sundays, the Pittsburgh sandwich is better been the Cuban sandwich of Miami. That is fiction when we say that the Cuban is better. Fiction, fiction, fiction. Pittsburgh sandwich rolls. I will say this. You already know what my answer is going to be. It's got to be fiction because I think the Cuban sandwich is the most overrated sandwich of all time. But I will say this. Not only is the Permani sandwich better, I just think a simple like turkey and Swiss is better. And that's just speaking from experience. I'm not too big on the ham sandwich thing. That's just how I go though. But yes, I'm glad we finally uh, agree on one of these cultural ones here. Uh, that fiction, this sandwich uh, stands nothing to Promantis. So we're going to have to come up with a good one next week because we're trying to do this. The, the question that has nothing to do with the Steelers but we're trying to tie it into the city that they're playing with every single week. Uh, last week it was New York music. 
like songs that mention New York. This week it was sandwiches uh, with a two. Now we've got to think of something good with New England. It's easy to say clam chowder, so we've got to do better than that. So we need to start putting our thinking <laughs> toboggans on right now. But uh, with that being said, I'm, I'm glad for- you agree. And I can already taste that sandwich. And during the holiday break in December, you're coming down to Hagerstown and you're taking me out for a sandwich, my friend. <laughs> we'll see about that, Brian. But I, I am happy to meet you up there anytime. But we would just want to thank everyone for tuning in this week to Steelers Six Pack of Fact or Fiction. I am your host this evening, Zach Parnes, alongside Brian Anthony Davis. Brian, any closing thoughts here before we sign off? You know what? That was a huge win the other day to go 4-1. and one. Like I said, the second tied for the second-best record in the entire National Football League. They are their only enemy right now at this point. The Pittsburgh Steelers will lose if they let themselves lose. I've said this all season long. This seems like a team of destiny. This seems like a special team. But it's a team that we knew from the beginning, to quote the great late Denny Green, they're everything we thought they are. They're, I just screwed up the quote, Zach. But you know, you know what I'm trying to say? That this team they is are who, who we, we thought, thought from the they beginning. Were. There it is. And we let them off the hook. But here's the deal. Bend it, don't break. Get used to it. It's going to happen. But this team is going to push that average into the 30s as far as points per game as long as they keep that, that defensive tally, that points per game down low around 18 they should do very well this season. I'm thinking that this is a 13-3 and team right now. I know it's early, but I'm feeling really good, Zach, really good. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm carrying that optimism here, Brian. I have a lot of good things to say about this Steelers team, but I want to save them for next week. We want to thank everyone for tuning in once again to the show and to all of my fellow Jewish people out there. Just want to wish you an easy fast for this Yom Kippur holiday. For everyone here at BTSC, I'm your host, Zach Barnes. That's a wrap, and that's a fact. We'll see you next time. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, this is pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation. And I want to tell you about my new show, It Seemed Smart. It Seemed Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another... Seems smart at the time. Those things might include doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart.